The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit ConflictHealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about love, and it's we have a wonderful book that I've just been reading. It's called Argue Less, Love More, and we have a great guest with us. We have Paul Sterling, who happens to be the author of this great book. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Paul Sterling is an international professional speaker, and he is an Amazon best-selling author and a relationship coach. He's the developer of a wide array of relationship and communication tools for couples and individuals. And here are his books, The Magic Relationship Method, The From Feeling Ignored to Being Adored System, and the Amazon bestseller, Argue Less, Love More. I love that name. Great title. For over 20 years, Paul has has helped couples who are stuck in downward and spiral turn uh, relationships, and he helps turn those relationships around from going down, down, down to improving. Paul's communication system makes sure that both people feel heard, understood, and valued, which is what we all want, right? And he studied extensively with the founder of Nonviolent Communication. He is a certified neuroassociative communication expert by Tony Robbins, and he's a master practitioner of neurolinguistic programming and a certified tantra educator. When he's not traveling around the world and teaching, Paul enjoys whitewater kayaking in Colorado and learning how to surf in Hawaii, my favorite. Place You can find out more about him at conflicthealing.com where you'll see his picture and his bio and we link to his website magicrelationship.com and he just told me this morning that if you do type in magicrelationship.com slash book bonus, there's all sorts of book bonuses that he'll tell you about later that you can get. So I am so thrilled that you've joined us. Thank you so much, Paul. You there? Wow, thank you, and thank you for that warm introduction, and uh, I've been kind of blown away by the reception of the book, because I think people are really ready to argue less and love more, and I love your show and what you do and present people with many different options to do that, to get turn conflict around and turn breakdowns into breakthroughs, so thank you for having me as a guest. Great. Well, I understand that you were a captain of an 80-foot commercial fishing boat in Alaska, (laughs) 
And first of all, we used to have a boat. We had a 47-foot Sea Ray, so, and my husband has a captain's license, so I am a true lover of the water. But how did you kind of change or transform or transmute <laughs> into a best-selling author and relationship coach? How did that happen? Well, you know, there's an expression that says we teach what we need to learn. Right. And, um, <laughs> My skills that were made me a great captain did not necessarily make me a great husband. And I went through one divorce and three broken engagements. And luckily, along the way, I bumped into mentors that helped me turn things around. And the first one was, um, well, one of the first big ones was Tony Robbins. And I ended up staffing for him and working for him. And then Years later, he hired me to come back and teach his inner circle at one point, which I knew things had changed in my life when Tony was introducing me after years of introducing him. Wow. Um, that was... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder that if you were there when I went to the one, uh, one... Oh, gosh, let's see. It must have been 19... In the early 90s, I went to um, the Big Island, and I walked across 40 feet of hot coal, and um, I don't know if you were working at that one, but that I and I had to do the commitment bridge. It was a, it was a week yeah. at that Hyatt Waikoloa, I think it was. Yeah, were you I, working I went then? to a bunch. So I don't I, I don't remember which one I I was, but I definitely that all sounds familiar. But he did <laughs> a lot, and 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 I started to get to the place where I realized I either needed to master relationships or become a monk. <laughs> And because um, it, it, it hammers at your self-esteem when you really love somebody and you can't make things work. And part of that, people say, well, if you just communicated more, and that's the wrong theory, because oftentimes if you're communicating the wrong things, yes. communicating more just makes things worse. Right. It doesn't make it better. Right. <laughs> but what... What I started doing, because after my commercial fishing, I ended up in, as a business consultant and traveling around the world, looking at systems. Dr. Deming's work, I was lucky enough to study with this guy, Marshall Thurber, who is a brilliant guy, and he taught me about systems, and then I stumbled on the work of Marshall Rosenberg, the creator of nonviolent communication. And all of a sudden, I saw communication as a system. So, Mari, have you ever tried to put together a, a jigsaw puzzle, like a big complicated one? Mm -hmm. no, yeah, it's one tough. Of the, <laughs> well, one of the things you need, one of the most important things to put together the puzzle is the box cover so you can see the picture of what you're trying to put together. Right, have a model nobody, for it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And nobody had ever given me sort of the picture of what communication is. And what is the language of, of love, the language of communication, the language, of, I mean, the language of relationships is the language of feelings, needs, and, and requests. Right. And especially men, especially like an ex-commercial fisherman, I was not taught to talk about my feelings. This was <laughs> awkward and uncomfortable. Right. I guess the only and time you talk about your feelings is if, if you cut yourself on a, on a fish hook. <laughs> ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you're pissed off. That right. being pissed off was okay. And I've had clients, you know, that have been in, in the military, and it's like they would rather jump out of the airplane at night into enemy territory with people that are trying to kill them than talk about their feelings. Right, right. So you can see how ingrained this is. And 
part of the work of, as you know, around relationships is to how do you get to make the invisible visible? How do you get people to start talking about their feelings and needs in a way that brings you closer? Right. Now, what created the book or the idea is after 20-some years of coaching people, I started to see patterns, certain patterns that almost guaranteed that if you speak, if you say it this way, or if you do it this way, you're going to trigger your partner, and all communication is going to stop. It's like there's a, I call it the listening switch, and when that listening switch goes off, you might as well just stop talking, because your partner is gone. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's, ever, yeah, go ahead. You were going to ask me something. Ever watched like a... Uh, uh, a scary movie. I don't normally watch them, but you know, there no, in most scary movies, there's a scene sort of like where there's thunder and lightning outside, and the electricity goes off in this big old scary house, <laughs> and the hero goes, "Oh, I think there's candles down in the basement." And the whole audience, what does it say? Don't don't go, go there down <laughs> in the basement. It's not going to go well. You you know, there's the chainsaw murderer is down there. Do right. and it's like. There's five patterns that people use in communication, and it's like, I just want to go, no, don't go there. Right. Because you're not going to get what you want. Exactly. Um, So let's share those five patterns. Why don't you share those five? I would love to. Okay. And and for your listeners, understand that we're going to give you an introduction to it, to really be able to grasp this, get the book, you know, study it, take your time. It's Um, We're going to give you as much as we can in a short period of time. But number one is case building. And case building is where anything you say can and will be used against you in the bedroom, the bathroom, in front of friends. Um, And we often build a case thinking we're doing a good thing. If we just can prove how wrong they are, how right we are, then they'll see that, that, and they'll change. And instead of getting cooperation, we get resistance and resentment and regret. And it it just shuts down any possibility for open and intimate conversation. Right, right. About number two. And so, huh? Yeah, I was just saying, okay, so case building is one of the first things you don't want to do, that pattern. Yep. So you can either be building a connection with or a case against. And when you're building a connection with, you're trying to enter their world. And you know you've entered their world. I was working with a couple today, and there's like a, oh, no wonder you feel the way you do. Mm. Like when you really enter somebody's world, and you know this from mediation training, like when you can enter their world, their behavior, no matter how crazy it seemed at the beginning, makes sense based on their stories and their beliefs. Right. Step into their shoes and help, yeah, and have that empathy, yeah. Exactly. And what most people want desperately, there's three things when you're speaking what you want, and it makes such sense, but rarely do we get it. They want to be heard, understood, and valued. Right. It doesn't mean agreed with. It means heard, understood, and valued. And I watch people, and it's like somebody hardly gets a sentence out, and the other person is contradicting them or telling them they're BSW, bad, stupid, wrong, that's not the way it was. And they never get a chance to be heard. That's what so I live one, every yeah. That's what I live every day, Paul, as the mediator for the past thirty years. 
<laughs> I hear, you know, I, people are, are I, I, I think the biggest thing is when you were talking about valued, I guess I would say respected. And I just had, yeah. I had 10 people and four attorneys in a big mediation last week. And the, the thing that was so clear is the lack of respect by each party with the other yeah. person. And, and that is the one thing that I think is the worst. When you feel disrespected, there's no way that you can heal the relationship until you have that understanding and then regain that respectful approach with each other, right? And the same thing right. in a love relationship. If you don't feel respected... You never, that kills your love, right? Yeah. And if we're afraid that we're not going to get our precious needs met, our behavior spirals downward. So number one, case building. Number two, storytelling. And the mind is a a meaning-making machine. So when somebody does something, we make up a meaning. Your partner comes home late from work and doesn't call. What meaning do you make? They don't care about me. They don't love me anymore. They're having an affair. Da, da, da. Like, right. And they walk through the door <laughs> and you just like launch into them. How could you be so cruel and mean? And meanwhile, they like had a flat tire, got a speeding ticket, and they're like, what did I do? <laughs> right. So, but the thing is, we're not going to, just because you know about storytelling doesn't mean you're going to stop doing it. What happens, the distinction or the tool is to learn when you're storytelling to tell your partner, honey, I have a story. Mm-hmm. I'm telling myself that you did this and this, and that meant this. And you share the meaning. And what happens is you increase the level of intimacy and connection. Right. Um, so you're either storytelling or you're story busting. Right. Or and, when you've made that assumption, you can even ask, like, gee, I had some really worried feelings or I was very concerned. Tell me what happened. What happened? Why are you late? You know, but don't say it yeah. like, why are you late? But more like, help me understand why you're late. I was so concerned. <laughs> you yeah, may not want to tell them I thought you were having an affair and then they get really mad <laughs> that you thought that. Well, it depends on the level of intimacy in the relationship. And you become compassionately curious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So number three, yep. and I'm buzzing through this. We could spend the whole interview on any one of these five. But sure. number three is message assuming. And message assuming in a conversation, the feminine and masculine have different brain capacities. The masculine needs small chunks. Right. Um, the feminine tends to want to get the whole picture out, mm-hmm. which tends to be overwhelming. So what needs to happen is if it's a really important situation, you might go one or two sentences and go, honey, can you tell me what you heard me say? And and I'll give you an example of when it's like something goes wrong. I go, honey, will you take out the trash? And I look and I go, wow, she looks really pissed right now. I go, wow, can you tell me what you heard me say? (laughs) Yeah, you said I never help around the kitchen. Mm. And I'm thinking... We, you know, the, the reactive part of me goes, ah, that's not what I said. Go get your listening check. You know, you're hearing, you're all screwed up. That wouldn't help at all. I go, wow. So you heard that. No wonder you're upset. Let me try again. Um, we want to watch that movie tonight, and I'm going to be doing the dishes, and I figured if you took out the trash, we'd be done at the same time, and then we could go watch a movie together. Right, right. So that's your and, collaboration. <laughs> right. 
And the other thing is to hear the beautiful need. Like she said, you know, I, you don't appreciate all the work I do or whatever. And I go, wow. So maybe I need to spend 10 minutes tonight acknowledging and appreciating all the work that we that you do. All of the ways you contribute to the house and make it a beautiful place to live. Oh, yeah. So when you're when you're assuming that message, assuming you have to check out what your assumption are. So if someone if he says you never helped me around the house, then your answer would be, "Gee, I heard you say that I never help you on, around the house." Tell me more about that, even to get the clarification of what that means, right? Yeah, and go become again compassionately curious. curious. Yeah. Now the, the the other side, if I'm listening and. My, uh, you know, my capacity is getting full. I can't absorb anymore. I'll stop somebody and I go, wait, Mari, I, I can, let me tell you what I think I heard you say. Let me make check in with you because I want to be able to follow you. And if I, if I don't feed it back, I'm going to lose it. Right, right. And also, now, that's a great thing to do because you may be hearing something and you're going down the wrong path. Yeah. And this is a great tool to use in mediation. Before the other side gets to talk about their upset, make sure that they have heard, understood, and valued side A. Yes, that's why Until I always repeat. side A goes, yeah. I got, I, yeah, they got it. Yep. Um, now, the interesting thing is people go, well, we don't normally talk this way. No, of course you don't normally talk this way. Normally, we talk in a way that leads towards conflict and upset and all that. But if you've ever ordered a pizza, the pizza place uses this rule. They, at the end, know all about this. It's Masonic. So what do they do at the end? They go, okay, Mario ordered a 18-inch pizza. It's to 123 Smith Drive. Your phone number is 123-456-78. Your credit card's 123, you know, whatever. Right, right. And they feed everything back. Check for so understanding. They know. Right. Yes. And we need to do the same thing in our relationship, especially important emotional communication. Exactly. Because you were saying that people need to be understood and valued. And if you repeat back what they said, they know that they've been heard. They know that that there's an understanding. Or if there isn't an understanding, they can say, no, no, you didn't get it. I meant this. Oh, okay, yeah. you, you meant that. Okay, I get it. Well, gee, if I would have known that before, I would have thought differently. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so amazing to watch. There was a couple uh, here, and they had this big argument, and they both thought that the other person knew what they were arguing about, and they <laughs> When we walk through it, it's like, no, I wasn't mad about that at all. <laughs> I wasn't mad about the TV. I was mad about what you said. And he felt like, what did I say? Yeah. So it, it's very interesting. So that's number three. Yes. So we have case building, um, storytelling, message assuming, cup stuffing is number four. So what I want you to picture is picture a cup full of water. Okay. How much more water can I get in that cup? You can't get any more in there. (laughs) What if I yell at it or if I'm really nice or I'm manipulative? If the cup is full, it's full. If our partner is emotionally full, like I said, they come home, they had a tough day at work, they got a flat tire, they walk in the door and you say, honey, I've decided we're going to talk about the finances right now. What are your chances of them being able to hear you? <laughs> no way, Jose. So what you want to do, and, and, you know, we have this expression like in our language, the straw that broke the camel's back, leave right. me alone, can't you see? 
all the rest of that. But we can do the same thing in a very sweet way, and we just tell our partner, honey, cup full. Let me talk to you in a half an hour. Let me, like, unwind. Let me go sit in my den, or I've been stressed out. Let me do whatever I need to do to feel grounded and empty my cup. Right, right. Have to be in the right environment, the right environment, the, the right timing, right? I mean, or when somebody, I know, for example, if there's a problem with my husband, I never talk to him when he's hungry. <laughs> right. You know, that, I mean, he turns into example. a bear, you know, so I always wait, let's get you some food and then I can bring up some issue. Or if he's really, really tired. So it isn't, you know, yeah. coming in the door and he needs some time to, you know, de-stress. But, you know, the longer you know your your spouse or your loved one, you can pick up those cues, and, and just because you want to talk about something, you have to think strategically about, i got to do this at a time that he or she is receptive, right? Right. It's, it's called setting yourself up to win and setting your partner up to win. Mm-hmm. Like, if you do it, say, using your husband as an example, you, if you go to talk to him when he's really hungry and, and then he's not receptive, you can say, wow, what a grouch he is. What, what's wrong with him? Or you can say, wow, that timing just didn't work really well. Let me time that better. Let me set him up to win. Let me and give him something is, to eat first. <laughs> yes. And F, is this a good time? Right, right. You know, and and have respect because if somebody's cup is full, it doesn't matter how much you think it's important to talk. They're not going to be able to hear you. The listening switch is off. Right, right. Um, and it could be that you're, they're stressed out or it could be that you're getting ready for a radio show and you've got all the different technical stuff that you've got to get lined up for each radio show and somebody comes in and says, what kind of coffee do you want to order for next week? And you're like, go away. Yep, exactly, exactly. So that's number four. Okay. Number five is the fatal F, fix, fight, flee. It's also called maleitis. And, and you'll notice I'm using masculine and feminine. And it, that is, I'm not saying men or women. We all have a masculine and a feminine side. I've worked with gay couples and lesbian couples and, uh, you know, different couples and I have a strong feminine side and a strong masculine side. So when I say this, I'm saying it in that context. Right, right. The mass, the, when the feminine comes to the masculine in pain, the masculine tends to hear it. It's either my fault or my responsibility. So what do we want to do? We want to fix it because the longer you're in pain, the worse I feel about myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, does the feminine want to be fixed? No, the feminine wants to be understood and wants to be heard. Yeah, the feminine wants, <laughs> yeah, heard, understood, and valued. And the masculine is not trained that way. They were trained more in let me fix this. And moms have the same thing with their kids. A lot of times, I've got to fix it and my kids in pain. But then, then, you know, we get into this mode of fixing. And, and women do but, that to men too. I know I drive my husband oh, totally. crazy. Like if he tells me, Oh gosh, you know, my, my shoulders are killing me. I go, you know, do you want me to get you something? You know, do you want, and you know, he, he told me, I mean, this, we just had this conversation the other day. He said, you're always trying to fix me. You know, if I, if my neck is hurting, you go, do you want a massage? Do you want me to get you some Advil? Do you want me to get you something? And he goes, no. And I said, well, why are you telling me? Why are you telling right, me? I feel like if you're telling me, I'm supposed to do something. That's my masculine side, you know? 
Exactly. And <laughs> one way to set it up to win for him and for for a lot of the feminine, but is to say, honey, here's what I want. I want you to just listen. Right now I'm in pain, and I just need some empathy. I just need some understanding. Right. And what you can do, and I do this, it's like when your partner comes to you in pain, here's an incredibly powerful question. Do you want empathy or do you want advice? Or if I tell my husband, hey, my back is killing me, I want a massage. (laughs) That's what I want. So, yeah, that's we had this little discussion, and I said, so when you tell me, help me understand what you want from me. Do you want me to just you know, cuddle with you? Do you want me to just hold your hand? Do you want me to just leave you alone? What do you want? Because I hear something and I think I have to go and do something about it. So that it's yeah. it's so true. We go through that with, with our spouses. Or if I tell my husband something, he thinks he has to fix it. So I think it's just right. normal. And then, and then the other person gets upset about it. So yeah, we have to be clear about what we want. And, and that, we don't always do that, do we? We don't always tell exactly no. what we want. We think our partner has to read our mind, right, Paul? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, there's a difference between implicit and explicit requests. Remember I said, like, the language of relationships is feelings, needs, and requests. And, right. I, like, you're an attorney. There's an, a language of attorneys, shorthand that they use that laymen don't understand. Doctors have a language. All these different... Professions have a language, the language of relationships, feelings, needs, requests. And a lot of times we make implicit versus explicit requests because we're shy. Right. So my mom would go like, hey, the chairs are out by the car. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. Uh, the dishes are in the dishwasher. Cool. You know? Right, right. But it's like you start to learn, would you be willing to rub my back? Would you be willing to give me some empathy? Would you be willing to just listen and not offer any advice? It's that would you be willing to part that actually turns it into an explicit request. Right, right. Would you be willing to tell me what you heard me say? So that's... Oh, well, number five, I want to finish that. First, we try to fix when the fixing doesn't work, and you come back next time, and he goes, well, did you try what I said? And you go, no. Then you end up in a fight. fight. Right. And then next week, you come back, and you've got the same problem, and he sees you coming, and he either emotionally or physically flees. Right. He left the scene. So those five things make up, and I am making this number up, but probably about anywhere from 70 to 85% of the conflicts that happen in relationships, if you could identify these five monsters from the basement, the communication mistakes, Mm -hmm. and eliminate them, you would transform your relationship. And the thing is, Mari, I'm not talking about avoiding difficult topics. This allows you to talk more directly about the the emotional topics, the difficult topics, money, kids, career, jealousy, intimacy, uh, steps, exes, and in-laws, all, you know, that plethora of challenging topics that relationships need to communicate around. Exactly. 
Well, that's a perfect way to end, Paul, because we are just out of time. So please give your website and your little bonus thing, and then it's going to be time to go, okay? Absolutely. So Magic Relationship, singular, magicrelationship.com. And then if you put in a forward slash book bonus, for the people who bought my book on Amazon, The Argue Less, Love More, and it's like two ninety nine on Kindle and nine ninety seven paperback, they get seven free videos, a webinar, and a summary, all like the summary that they can print out and put on the refrigerator to help them argue less and love more. I love it. Okay, so we will keep in touch, and I, I think you're doing a great job with people to fall in love again and to stay in love. So we will have you back again. Thanks so much for joining us, Paul. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. you got to fight both night and day. Doesn't matter what some people may say. Fighting for Love is worth fighting for